0: My name's Peter Howard at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. My co-host, Jake Anderson at JakeAndersonFF on Twitter, still isn't able to make it because of real-life stuff. So I continue to experiment with solo shows and also just inviting interesting people on to discuss more than one player at a time from a film and a metrics point of view. But usually we get stuck on a single subject and just trying to hash it out from two different perspectives. And um, This week it's just me, mainly because I'm behind schedule and um, I thought I had someone booked and turns out they can't make it and then I left it way too late into the week to try and make up for it so um we're actually recording this last week's episode of Dynasty Crossroads at the start of this week I apologize for that but I also noticed no one's complaining so I think I'm the only one who really cares about my schedule so that's good that's good right I hope so. Anyway, <laughs> but um, next week, uh, we actually just recorded. Um, I have Lauren I have Lauren Carpenter coming on. She's a really interesting person. Um, she mostly focuses on redraft as well, so I thought that may, would make for an interesting comparison in terms of process and dealing with off-season news. As it turned out, it was one of the most fun podcasts I've been involved in quite a while for quite a while, she brought the fun, she was willing to argue, she was willing to go to the mattresses for her ideas as well. This week, or last week, I more wanted to highlight some things, and one, resources that I've got out there, because I'm starting to get questions where I'm starting to get a few new followers and the crossroads as well. The first thing I want everyone to know is that Zeno from FS Statistics actually created an app, and um, if you go to Zeno is zenoismy.name, <laughs> Zeno's a great guy, he built this app, and um, that does a lot of things. There's a few different things he's made on there, but it's also got all my um, market share data for college prospects and the graphs that I post comparing players' market share of receiving yards to the successful average of NFL prospects so you can see if they were above or below um, good NFL players um, at every age. Um, It's actually got a tool on there that you can create them yourself instead of having to search through Twitter or articles to see mine. Um, I I think mine are a little more jazzy, but... uh, it definitely does the job, and it's really an interesting cool tool. You have all the access to all the data. If you want the database itself, it's still pinned to the top of my timeline. You can go to Google Sheets, download it, and or make a copy, and you've got it all for your own. So I've got NFL career marks in there as well, so you can start making, some of your own visual, so start making some of your own visuals if you're into that about how college prospects compare to successful NFL prospects players and um, something i'm working on at the moment is actually trying to um i've mentioned it a few different times but i'm trying to you know cover stuff that not everyone might have heard i'm trying to create a breakout metric um now there are a lot of those and i have a lot of models and stuff but i only have one metric and really i don't draw a lot of attention to it it's in my market share database it's called production score and it's good for every position except quarterback it, it adjusts for the position is what i mean Where I take the market share of receiving yards for every prospect, multiply it by the predictiveness of that value at that age um, compared to um, the average of successful NFL players. And that creates uh, what I call a production score. So essentially, if they're high, they're very productive in college. If they're low, they're underproductive in college. And the problem with combining something into a simple number is it makes it fairly myopic, which is why I include all the other data about those players in every other column. But production score is like my first stop to try and understand if they were over or under the average, adjusted or weighted by how predictive that career or that age year is. And um, for every position. So I find it really useful, but because I mostly made it for myself, um the scaling is off. Like the I think the highest score you can get for WiberSea is like five percent. And there's plenty of minor scores that get into some pretty silly numbers because I didn't scale it for like I didn't think anyone else was going to be looking at it. But um I am trying to create one that I hope other people will look at. And it's my first endeavor into doing that. And someone asked me is there a number or is there something we can look at for trying to measure how likely a player is to break out the next year? And the simple answer is no. Mostly, mo- mostly my process is to evaluate prospects and to like the ones that I like and keep holding on through the first three or first four years, depending on when they were drafted. And after they cross certain career year thresholds, I start to fade on them because they get less likely. I've posted some of those charts in terms of how the percentage of players that break out in each career year as well. On Twitter, I've written some articles for DLF, but I kind of thought it was an interesting question. I don't know of anything that tries to time breakout, mainly because it's probably because it's a a little difficult to create, but also it's a losing game. You know, you say prospects, you know, the most likely to break out and then someone else breaks out. You look like a moron. And frankly, that's more likely than anything else, because breakouts are unicorns. Good NFL players are unicorns. Trying to combine a metric that takes things that are, you know, at best 42% predictive or useful for describing NFL players and then use it to time a breakout. Just, it's a fairly losing game. But uh, like I was asked, and I thought it would be an interesting thing to cry and create. So what I came up with is to go back through the NFL database that I have back to 2000. Look when players broke out for a thousand yards and what they did the year before they broke out. And what I wanted to do is create a similarity score. So how similar was player X's stats to to the average breakout since 2009 and i use 2009 as my line of demarcation because that's when i have air yards data from and airs data is some of the best at predicting what a player does the next year so i tested all the variables i could including some that weren't in the database i had to calculate such as um you know one, one of the things that are brought up about potential breakouts is missing targets targets that are missing from an offense because someone left or someone retired or someone got traded what i found is that's not that that's basically entirely unuseful for predicting a breakout much like um, missing targets in general it's not predictive of any Element of the receiving game the next year, in terms of the increase or the increase of targets for any particular player, and wide receivers have broke out and saw their team lose anywhere from 314 targets from the year before to absolute zero. And there's actually uh, four or five out of 55 breakouts since 2009 for a thousand yards, and where the team actually lost no targets from the year before, meaning that everyone was still there and ready to play the next year. So about 50% saw an increase over 100 targets, 50% saw an increase with less than 100 targets, about 20% saw an increase of over 200, about 20% saw an increase of less than 50. So no matter which way I sliced it, targets were basically, missing targets were basically a random variable. They could be a lot, they could be very few, and it didn't help to predict... Um, wide receivers. So I looked across about uh, 18 different stats, 18 of the most useful for predicting NFL production the following year from air yards to just raw targets and receptions and I found the ones that uh, players that had broken out had the most in common using a coefficient of variation calculation which essentially just describes how similar the numbers are. Now unfortunately I could only find 55 players that we could really define as breaking out since 2009 Uh, and I use again I use a thousand yards as my line of what is a breakout and what is not a breakout and that's because receiving yards actually correlate to a breakout better than almost anything else like receiving yards and fantasy points actually correlate most closely to each other than targets or receptions or anything else and that's using some of Scott Barrett's research if you haven't Followed him on Twitter, you should really look it up and read a lot of his articles, because he's a very smart guy, and I tested it, and what do you know, it turns out to be true. Um, Receiving yards is also one of the best things we have for predicting next year's receiving yards, let alone fantasy points in the same year. For example, wide receivers have finished in the top 24 since 2009, average about 1,120 receiving yards, so... If you want a top 24 wide receiver, a 1,000 yards is definitely a significant boundary to cross. That's why I rested on receiving yards. Now, all that's the saying that what I did is I picked about five variables. Targets, receptions, receiving yards, market share of targets, whopper, which is weighted opportunity rating. It's It's an A yard calculation, which I found to be the best for this, at least. Um uh, for this task um from the AI odds variables um and I also use points per target because uh wide receivers with break out seem to have a fairly common uh, element being fairly efficient or at least above average in points per target, even over things like racer or odds per reception or anything like that. And um, When it came to the things they did the year before, they tend to be above average, which is the average points per target is about 1.69. And breakouts tended to average between 1.7, which is almost exactly on the average, but the most common numbers were between 1.8 and 1.9. And points per target. Now there are some who are a little over that with 2.1, some who are a little under that with 1.6, but out of the 55 examples, the majority fit within that range of 1.8 to 1.9. Now points per target is actually fairly useless for predicting next year's receiving yards. So what I did is I used the um, the, the opposite of the correlation uh, coefficient of variation calculation and just kind of give it a natural weighting. I didn't want any of the weighting for these variables to be arbitrary, so I tried to use stuff that was relative to what we were trying to predict, which is receiving yards or how similar players were. Now that you've slept through fast forwarded through all of that, essentially what I'm trying to make is uh, a single number that tells you how closely a player who has not yet caught 1,000 yards receiving compares to players who broke out the next year since 2009. So all of that's to say, if they score zero, then it's a perfect similarity. So their stats from 2018 in this example are exactly the same as the average breakout since 2009. If they are over zero, so the highest score I've got from the 2018 season is 15.6, and then they were 15% over uh, across all these five variables and um, the average breakout now over is good obviously that means you are even more productive even more uh, valuable and efficient for your team um than the average breakout and the breakouts who do happen are obviously around that average some are far below it some are significantly over it and um, overall what it does is tell you what a player did in a single season and give you some idea of whether they compare to past breakouts and how well they compare to it so it's not exactly a timer It doesn't say that the guy who scores the highest percentage is the most likely to break out, but it does give you a way of comparing them directly across a single number instead of having to look over a million stats or read an entire situation and then look over all their stats again. It gives you a single number, just an idea of what they did for their team last year. Um, ...compared to wide receivers who broke out the next year. And I'm still tweaking it, to be fair, because I'm also... Uh, I'm weighting um, this by draft round and also career year. Because, like I said, there's a pattern to when players break out. If they're drafted in the first round, they're much more likely to, uh, to break out in their first season... ...and their second season than almost anyone else. In the third season, they see a significant drop-off. And after that, if you're a first-round wide receiver and you haven't broken out by the third year... ...chances that you're going to do it essentially drop to zero... Whereas second and third round, round receivers still get a, a slightly bigger bump in their fourth and fifth seasons. It still happens sometimes, so you want to give them something of an edge. Whereas players drafted rounds four to undrafted free agents, they actually get the most likely to break out around their second and third season. Actually, the second season is the most likely across the board. But they actually stay, the, their breakout window, if you like, is from their second to their fifth season. So you want to you want so what I did is I dragged the bump they got for their career year down towards rounds three, four, and five, and then give them gave them a slightly bigger bump. I actually gave them bumps in their sixth and seventh years if that's what they're entering. Outside of that, everyone gets zero bump from their career year because it very rarely happens outside the fourth year, to be honest, um or fifth year at best. So I've got all that weighted in there as well. I'm pretty happy with it right now, but I keep kind of adjusting things here or there, just trying to make it slightly more descriptive. Uh, Another way of thinking about this is when I get questions on who's good for next year as a breakout candidate, this number kind of, and so far it's doing a pretty good job of representing how I feel having looked over continuously over the last few years these stats and finding them useful to predicting breakouts. Um, at the wide receiver position. Hopefully I can create one for tight end as well, but right now I'm just concentrating on wide receivers. So the players at the top of the list um, notably conformed to who I thought was the most likely to break out, and that's Tyler Lockett, Corey Davis, DJ Moore, and Calvin Ridley. I think they were all fairly likely. They do they did well last year based on their career year and based on um, their draft capital um, in 2018. So those were the players I was highlighting for folks who asked me about players who... Sh- maybe we should target a little bit more than the average because of how they did in 2018. So it's accurately describing how I felt about them. And uh, an example I didn't expect, someone I wasn't high on, but run through the same calculation, through the same process that I've been describing to people, um, instead this is just a single number to state it, D.D. Westbrook actually came up about the same as um, Calvin Ridley in terms of his similarity to um, previous breakouts based on his draft capital and the season which he is going to be entering. So he'll be in his uh, third career season with fourth-round draft capital. That, adjusted by the stats he had last year, actually gives him a similar score in terms of similarities to prospects of broke out. Again, I don't know that means that we have to value him any more, but I think it's positive for anyone that actually likes him. Now, looking over this data, because I have applied the calculation to everyone since 2019 to see what it said before uh, before the year they broke out, just to check that there was some significant correlation. For example, when looking at the 2017 class, the players that scored the highest were Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Juju Smith Schuster. Neither of those guys had actually had a thousand yard season before 2018. All three did it. Well Diggs, Adams and Schuster all did it in 2018. So being at the top of the list was definitely a good sign for them. Cooper Cup on the other hand was injured during the season as we know and we missed out. Either way that's I consider that a pretty big miss. And um, Robbie Anderson actually came out fourth, uh, no, sorry, fifth overall using 2017 stats. So if we would bet on Robbie Anderson using this metric and um, coming in fifth overall from the 2017 season, that would have been disappointing, right? And um, I also noticed that if you go down to zero, where you get a, a cl- much closer correlation to the average breakout, there are some interesting players down here, including um, Tyler Lockett and um, Robert Woods, uh, scored relatively close to zero, meaning they had a fairly close correlation to um, the average breakout wide receivers. So I think if look when looking at this for 2018 season so far, the guys at the, in the top five are all significant that I mentioned, but also people that are uh, players averaged Their production is around or close to zero, i.e., a perfect zero would be a perfect match to the average breakout. I think they should be interesting too. Players that are interesting that I've mentioned before are Cortland Sutton and Christian Kirk. They are all very slightly below uh, zero, so minus four percent and minus five percent compared to the average breakout based on their draft capital and the season that they're entering in 2018. Well, sorry, 2019. Either way, that's not discouraging. That should be fairly encouraging for people that like them because what they did in 2018 was fairly similar to past breakouts with similar draft capital uh, entering their second season in 2019. So that's overall positive. Surprising names around zero include Robbie Anderson again and also Mohamed Sanu. Now I can't say I'm on either of those guys for the 2019 season, but I think it's interesting that they landed there. Mohamed Sanu is almost definitely buried at this point, but Robbie Anderson we continue to have interest in. He's not at the top of the list. Uh, based on this metric, but he still did relatively well compared to past breakouts in 2018. So I don't think it's time to give up hope for Robbie Anderson, Dante Moncrief, Cooper Cup, or also two players that end up pretty close to zero or close enough to zero. I want to mention them. Let's put it that way. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff in here. Like I say, I keep tweaking it. I'm gonna write it up uh, and put it in the L.F. when I finally get happy. I just kind of want to mention the uh, the uh, uh, the further results. Um, I've been posting them on Patreon and talking about them on Twitter, but I've moved it a little farther along, and so I kind of wanted to do an update for the Dynasty Crossroads, some names that are interesting based on this new thing that I'm trying to create. So um, I I think I'm going to leave it there, mostly because this episode has a drastic ability to put everyone to sleep and have them turn it off, and if that's what you did, then you're not here, so it doesn't matter, but uh, that's fine. I understand it. I just kind of wanted it somewhere where I drew out what I'm trying to do with this metric and how it's going so far, that I could point people to. Hey, when I post the first scores and people ask, well, what does any of that mean? I can say, hey, come listen to this episode. So if that's why you're here, then uh, hopefully it was somewhat informative. If not, hit me up on Twitter at P.A. Howdy. Or check out the article, which hopefully by the time people are asking has been posted on DLF. If you're willing, stick around for next week. Because it stops being one guy boringly droning on about a metric that he's trying to create. And it becomes a really fun conversation. Actually, an outright argument which few people, I find, are actually willing to have these days where no one wants to be wrong and they just want to stand on a hill with takes but never actually want to go to the line to really have an argument about their process and how, where they think evaluation should come from. And Lauren was Lauren was fantastic. And I really think you're going to enjoy that episode. I, I couldn't have enjoyed recording it anymore um, other than if Jake had been there, obviously. So... Please, if I've bored you, tears this episode, but you made it to the end. This is my plea. Please come back next week, i.e. this week's episode, is going to be a lot more fun. Thanks for coming to the Crossroads with me. Sorry it's a solo show again. Sorry sorry it's not quite as dynamic as we normally try to make it here at the Crossroads. But hopefully that was informative or at least interesting to some degree for someone. Um, Thanks again, and I will see you next week.
1: Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and Ape on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains Got in lanes But I like that yeah. Picking these guys All of these times All of these nice stats nice. Picking apart The film is an art Always a fight Back and forth There is no order They disorder more and more Because the players Ain't no older They some hoarders Or some mortars Dropping bombs Without no borders Stick out that eye I like mortar Peak grinding numbers Like molars I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow Chicken a crow Crossing the road Go Clicking a poll Twitter is gold play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on a the plays though. Pete and it's the plays they analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and they on won the plays though. Pete it's the plays they analytical.